Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Welcome, my name is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi and you are listening to Street Talk Theology, where we keep theology real and bring it to the streets. Hey, drop me a line if you would. I'd love to hear from the street talkers, uh, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Drop me a line concerning anything and I'll get back to you as best as I can. And before I introduce my guest, who is a a dear friend and obviously a pastor, I just want to introduce a set of scriptures that's going to kind of move our conversation forward. And it's funny how I'm recording this. It is tax season. And I'm thinking about as we delve into this conversation, the 22nd chapter of Matthew, there's an interesting exchange between Jesus and the Pharisees concerning what other than paying taxes unto Caesar. And I glean here from D.A. Carson The Pharisees ask a theological question concerning, is it right to pay taxes unto Caesar or not? You know, what's the theologically correct thing to do? And obviously we know this is a trap. (laughs) But Carson profoundly depicts this question as something that must be understood in light of redemptive history. And we know basically Jesus is not a zealot who is politically independent from Rome. Basically saying Caesar's inscription on the coin and give back what the Caesar is Caesar's. On the other hand, in no way, shape, or form, when we must turn away from our obligations, what belong to God, to give to God alone. So basically what? Paying taxes does not trump your obligations to God. In fact, if it does, then God's claims have ultimate authority. And we can see Peter and Paul talk about that later in Scripture. With that being said, Greg Thornburg is a pastor of a new church plant coming around March or April of 2021. And the church is Redemption Bible Church of Casa Grande. He's also a former Republican campaign manager, hence my introduction to the uh, political realm here. We have him on today because Greg understands the delicate balance between Christians as they must walk between their duties and their duties as earthly citizens, and then obviously their duties as political citizens, I guess, also, if I'm saying that correctly. So, Greg, uh, welcome to uh, Street Talk Theology. Thank you for having me, Dominic. It is good to be on your show with you today. Oh, it's an honor to have you. Um, so let me let me just start off with, with this question. I think this question is important. If you look around, you can see that the world is losing its collective mind And instead of giving political explanations for what is going on, is there a biblical answer? In other words, can we answer this biblically? And and, and that's a question I think that I I need to answer and I believe that I need to ask and I believe you can answer. Uh, The answer to what's going on in the world is can only be explained biblically. So when we look at the world and we see people believing that there are more than two genders, when we see people who disregard human nature and they want to impose a system that doesn't work with human nature, um, this never worked out in any political sphere ever, like socialism or any of its variants. The answer to why people act this way is is only explained biblically. 
Um, so if you want to know what's going on, it's basically Genesis 3. Genesis 3 tells us what's wrong. The, the world is sinful. The world has fallen and we are enslaved to sin. We're not just guilty of sin. We are also sinful by nature. So Romans 1 gives us this really excellent insight into human nature that although we know that there is a God, we refuse to give him glory. And so God, in his judgment, has handed us over to a mind that will believe things that it should not believe. It's part of the judgment. So people will ask the question, why isn't God doing something now with all the evil going on in the world? And, and the answer is God is. The evil in the world is the judgment on the world. God has handed people over to sin. So this is part of God judging. At the same time, God in his goodness has given government to limit how evil people become. So we need to be Amen. thankful Amen. for government because it's one of the instruments that God has given. It does matter, it, but biblically, the explanation for government is to punish the wicked and to reward those who do good, but it doesn't change people's hearts. The primary problem of man is that we are mankind, people, men and women, is that we are hostile to God by nature. Romans 8, 5 through 8 says we are hostile to God. We cannot submit to God's law. So, so uh, Greg, we can't even please God. Go so, Greg, let me ask a question on that. So is there times that uh, obviously we know that there are times that government will overstep their bounds? Is, is that yeah. so? And please. Well, it oversteps its bound because the people who lead government are sinful. So Exactly. It, if wide is the path to, the, to destruction, Jesus gives us this understanding that most people won't become believers. We should be, we should not be surprised when most leaders do not act like Christians. Most leaders are fallen and uh, and acting in rebellion to God. Uh, but still, God in His sovereignty gives us government, even fallen government like Caesar, for our benefit. You don't want to be in a country without government. No, without a, a doubt. And uh, <laughs> it would be anarchy, obviously. Yeah. But but, but again, the, the, the point is even what we mentioned in, in our opening about even Peter and Paul, when they were told not to preach anymore, they were saying, well, you know, we got to give unto God what's unto God. Yeah. So so obviously there is that, like you said, they're fallen creatures. But um, yeah, there are times where Christians must disobey government. Well, yeah, without a doubt. And, when and we're and, asked to sin. And it's as simple as that. When we're asked to sin and go against God's commandments, then that's the time where like Christians in Nazi Germany had to, they obeyed the good laws of, of which there were a f some remnants of, of like, don't steal, but they disobeyed the laws where uh, the Nazis wanted them to chase down Jewish people and chase down Christian people um, and persecute them. They would not participate in those things because they knew that they had a higher allegiance to God. So just talking politically for a second, do you think things will get better simply by voting for the right political party? Is there any benefit to our country if we vote for the right party? I mean, is there any benefit to that? Uh, well, benefit, yes, but by the, the question is that you asked is just simply by voting, will will things get better? And the answer is absolutely not. And, and I, now, now notice, I did not say we shouldn't vote for political conservatives, especially Christians. I didn't say that. What I'm saying is if that's all Christians do, 
we're going to fail. Paul did not say, I am not ashamed of the Republican Party, for it is the power of God and the salvation. The gospel, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the gospel that changes hearts. The Amen. reason Amen. why people do evil things is that they have an inner heart problem. I'm going to repeat that, okay? The reason why people do evil things is that they have an inner heart problem. So doing something external, like restraining people from the outside with good government, isn't going to change the rebellion from the inside. The rebellion on the inside is seeking every opportunity to come out. So politics only restrains evil. It it doesn't actually change the heart. And I want to just, if you don't mind, I want to go through and trace a theme in scripture. Yeah, I think that's important. I think we want to bring some scripture and I'd like you to do that, especially for our listening audience. Yeah, if we can trace this one theme through scripture, it will really help you understand what's going on in the world. And that theme is, The theme of the heart and the heart, Jesus says, it's out of the heart that comes wicked thoughts and actions and words and deeds. So uh, from the very beginning, the scripture is very clear that the heart of a person, the inner person is the problem. We get this in Genesis 6, 5 through 6, the very beginning. uh, It says this, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Amen. And so it's not saying that people are as evil as they can possibly be. It's just saying that everything about a man's thoughts, everything about his actions falls short of the righteous standard. Hey, Greg, of God. Hey, Greg evil, evil is evil, right, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I got a question. Yes. Did the flood change man's heart problem? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's clear, like God sends the flood and man doesn't change. No, no, God knew that it wasn't going to change, but, but God was making the point that just punishing bad guys won't change hearts. In fact, after the flood, God makes this interesting comment where God says, I will never again curse the ground because of man for his, the intention Amen. of man's heart is evil from his youth. So God is saying, I cursed him. It didn't change his heart. I'm not going to punish him again. God's not surprised by that. What God did is leave for us a lesson that judgment, just punishing the bad guys isn't enough. So if you go to political sphere and you think, man, if we just had stricter punishments, that's going to change people's hearts. You know what? God Mm. wiped out almost (laughs) everyone except for Noah. Exactly. And it didn't change man's heart. So punishment doesn't change man's heart problems. So, well, let me ask this question. What about really good laws? If America had better laws, would that fix man's heart problem? No, the, the heart, the heart's deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? I mean, as you said, right? I mean, of yeah. course not. And, and there's this interesting theological movement in America. Well, actually, it's probably more just America, but it's called theonomic reconstructionism. And it's this, uh, I'm just going to call it for what it is. It's an aberrant theological uh, mindset. But what it believes is that if we have more better laws, like if, if every nation goes back and is exactly like the Old Testament, that it would usher in the new Christian era and it would usher in the way for Christ's return. And I want to tell you why this movement is wrong. And and, and it's wrong in thinking that this is the chief solution. It's not wrong for thinking that God's laws are good. It's wrong for thinking that this is the solution. I mean, what does scripture say about Israel after God had given them the most perfect laws a nation would ever receive? After, you know, most they've they've been delivered by signs and wonders and miracles, and God has given them the Ten Commandments with thunder and lightning and a sound of a trumpet. You know, Deuteronomy 29, 
after all this imparting of the law, Moses uh, says this to Israel in Deuteronomy 29, one through four. He says, these are the words of the covenant that the Lord commanded Moses. I'm reading from uh, verse one of Deuteronomy I 29. I got it. Uh, Make the people of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant that he made with them in Horeb. No, the covenant is the law. Moses summoned all Israel and he said to them, you have seen all the Lord that the Lord has done before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and the great wonders. And so notice the amazing signs and wonders, a rescue from, uh, from, from an evil leader. And they have received God's most perfect law. And notice this after all that, Here's what Moses says. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. You need to change your heart. Yeah, he hasn't given you, you a heart, heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. So after the flood, after God really thoroughly smites the wicked, after God gives the most perfect law, they're still not going to obey because they don't have a heart to understand. The, the, so after the flood, after the law, Man's problem of the heart still remains. So God, God's laws were never intended to transform man's heart problem. In fact, in fact, uh, according to Paul, God's laws show us that we need a heart change because we can't keep them. Yeah, exactly. So notice we're not saying on our radio show here, Dominic and I are not saying that we shouldn't have good laws. No, without no point a doubt. To that. No, we need. Yeah. Yeah, without well, a doubt. But what we're saying is that punishment like the flood Good laws like the Ten Commandments were not given by God with the purpose of changing man's heart. In fact, they reveal how stubborn man's heart is. God can wipe out almost all of humanity and people still have a heart problem. God can give the most perfect law and we still have a heart problem. These things reveal to us how incredibly wicked we are. So the solution isn't political with if we just strike the wicked or if we just have better laws. Those things are good. But the chief problem of man is his heart. So we got to ask the question, what changes the heart of a man? And, and I can tell you right now, the answer isn't going to be the right president. No, exactly. And that's and that's the point. And, and, and not only that, to, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, not only is the right president not going to change the heart, the right president is not going to change this evil world that we live in, yeah. evil country that we live in, or evil America. It is what it is. But God is still sovereignly going to use those things, like you said, yeah. the auspicious of, of Romans uh, 13. Yeah, there are restraints on evil to keep exactly. us from getting as evil as we possibly could. So, yeah, when you're in an anarchist situation where there's no government, it is horrible. So, again, we vote politically what we believe is biblical. But at yeah. the end of the day, whether or not the party that we believe is going to back biblical mandates, win, lose or draw, my answer and your a piggybacking off this is God is sovereign and he's not going to be mocked no matter what. Yeah. And he's going to use government. Uh, but the government is, I mean, honestly, look, we had a president who, although he wasn't a perfect guy, he did actually support a lot of biblical ideas. And what did the world do? How did the, how did the world return the favor of Trump actually doing some somewhat biblical things? 
um, they hated him for it. That's <laughs> that's what's going to happen. The world's going to rebel and, when and, it sees any even close semblance to any goodness. And, and I think what, what Christians need to realize that if we get somebody that's going to uphold a, a biblical worldview, so to speak, that they're not going to be perfect. I mean, they, you know, they, and this is this is what I think people need to realize that we need to have somebody that's going to hold up biblical world, but we can't expect them to be not even, we can't expect them to be saved. God, God doesn't, God uses instruments. Any, what does the Bible say? He takes Kings and, and shifts their minds any way that he needs to shift them. You know? Yeah. God is sovereign over it. And it's yeah. Well, I I want to just quickly. So getting back to our heart theme. Yes. um, So we just, you know, like the right president isn't the answer. However, a right president will help restrain evil. But don't be surprised that good presidents receive an awful lot of uh, hatred because that's just the nature of the world. So so what is it that changes the heart of a man? And it's not a president. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says is what changes the heart of a man. In Ezekiel 36. So in the Old Testament itself. It tells us uh, what God is going to do. In fact, after Moses gave the law and after he said, you don't have a heart, he says, when you guys are in all this punishment, under all this judgment, you will call upon the Lord and he will circumcise your heart. So even back in the time of the law, Moses foresaw a time when God would fix the heart. Now in Ezekiel 36, we, we get this clearer picture of what God is going to do. And we see this in uh, verse 25 of Ezekiel 36. God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. Amen. And you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. So the first thing we notice is that God is going to forgive sins, but forgiving sins isn't enough. People have a bad, sinful, wicked nature. So here's, here's what God's going to do. Remember our heart theme? Verse 26, God says, I will give you a new heart. Amen. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And then you see this. He says, I will put my spirit within you. And notice the effects, the cause, the effects of the Holy Spirit is I will cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. So notice two things. God's going to fix the heart problem and then by the power of his Holy Spirit, he will empower people to walk by obedience. And this is why the Holy Spirit becomes a major theme in the New Testament. And Greg, this is the same passage that Jesus quoted to Nicodemus. It is. Yeah. It's John three. Yep. John three. So this is, and and it's interesting. I always think about that. And you know, me and you, Greg, we'll go off on tangents. But you think about how Christ, how Jesus, when he speaks to Nicodemus, he'll, he'll deal with Nicodemus with old Testament scripture. And then when he deals with the woman at the well, and we're going a little off here, but he'll deal with her more in this, what she would understand. And that's, and I think in, in light of, in light of understanding scripture ourselves and what you're trying to say is that government is not going to be perfect. They're nope. just not going to be perfect. And it's not the solution. It's, it's a not blessing the- from God to restrain evil, but it's not the solution And what God is saying to Nicodemus is you need to be born by the spirit from above. What he said to the woman at the well is he says, those who worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. And this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is hugely central. This is why, you know, churches talk so much about the Holy Spirit. And so we got to ask the question, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? 
And the Apostle Paul gives us this answer in Ephesians 1. In Ephesians 1, verses 13 through 14, Paul says this. He says, in him, that is in Jesus Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. So when you believed in Jesus, the one about whom the gospel uh, is about, when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Praise Holy Lord Spirit, <laughs> who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of his glory. Also, Romans 6, when we come to faith, uh, Paul says, you have now through Christ become obedient from the heart. So the solution to man's heart problem is the gospel. Amen. It, it's not if we just punish the wicked, we should punish, but that doesn't change man's heart. The solution isn't if we just have better laws. We should have better laws, but that isn't the chief solution. The chief solution to man's heart problem is the gospel. And so we can be politically involved, but if politics ever trumps the gospel, then we're in big trouble as a church. Yeah, obviously we would be. And so we got a couple of minutes. So one thing I do want to ask you, um, in the near future, you come back and visit with the street talkers or uh, you come? Absolutely. You know, we'd love to have you back again because we want to follow the trajectory of, of your own life and see how the church is doing, the church plant and stuff. And and maybe maybe we can end with that a few minutes before we sign off. Um, tell us some things we can pray for. How, how's the church plant going? It's going uh, good. We had a 10,000 square foot space that was offered to us. We're uh, in the middle of working on how we're going to revamp that. So in Southwestern Casa Grande, we're going to have a church plant. We're hoping to have a Spanish speaking service and an English speaking service. And if you would like to learn more about it, you can go to RBC casagrande.org and RBC stands for Redemption Bible Church. Uh, so if you go to RBC casagrande.org, you can learn about what we're doing, uh, what, what it is that we stand for, our theology. We've got videos on there too, uh, sermon samples. So you can get a good idea of what we're trying to do. And if you'd like to support us, call us. Uh, we would love to hear from you from all kinds of support, from volunteer time uh, to just people who want to come and attend. So rbccasagrande.org is how you learn about our church. Well, we, it's an honor to have you. Um, this is, uh, and this is, I think these are topics that are not discussed enough, you know, um, politics and religion, but putting them theologically correct. But again, um, Greg, we, we're going to have you back. We're going to continue to have you back. And basically, I, I need to sign off. I, I'd love to continue this conversation, and we will continue this conversation. Well, I look forward to it. This is Dominic Romaldi, again, Street Talkers. It's an honor to be here with you today, an honor to have Greg. Until the next time, may God be the glory for the things he has done. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.